Welcome, everybody, to This Podcast Has Autism. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Um, my name is Marcy. I'm one of the hosts of the show. I'm here with my husband, Bran. Today, we're going to be talking about eating habits and issues with autism. Um, food is sometimes not a comfortable issue with children with autism. It can be a subject of high anxiety and even serious behavior problems. Inevitably, this makes it a subject of anxiety for parents as well. Keeping your child healthy and nourished feels like a basic minimum requirement for being a mom and dad, and when it's this difficult, you can feel awful. Different children have different issues with food, and you might be one of the lucky families where it's not that big of a deal, but if you're not, you're certainly in the majority. Children with autism are so individual, it's impossible to cover every problem that food might create, but there are, there are issues that come up with a lot of kids. Tantrums and meltdowns at mealtimes, getting stressed over new foods, um, the certain textures, certain smells. Um, there are actually reasons for all this strange-seeming behavior. Basically, they boil down to the fact that autism affects children both in how they, how they think and how they experience sensations. Food, which is an emotional issue for everyone and a strong physical sensation besides, combines a lot of potential difficulties. Um, some of the core impairments in light of eating is communication, social interaction, flexibility of thinking, medical issues, motory or sensory issues, and behavioral. And I know with our son, he likes chicken nuggets, he likes um, french fries, he likes um, different things like the typical um, child would eat. But there are some some things that make him gag, like carrots will make him gag. And um, if the cheese is not warmed up, then he'll he'll have a problem with it. Um, so yeah, um, and I think every child is different. Um, and with that, let's move on to the interview. Today we have uh, Lloyd Mormon with us. And I'm going to turn the time over to him to introduce himself. Sure. Hi there. My name is William Martin. I live in Maddie, Mississippi. Forty years old. I'm blind in one eye, and I have what they call borderline autism. Uh, so what age were you diagnosed with? Sorry. Excuse me? Sorry. What, what age were you diagnosed with autism? Uh, well, I was diagnosed with the doctor saw me and around like nine or ten years old. I had borderline autism. So I was diagnosed around that time, but my family believed I had it earlier than that. Because uh, they said I had, I had to go speech therapy when I was real young, and I didn't get to walk till I was two years old. Oh, wow. so they figured it'd be young, younger than that, but, uh, but the di doctors diagnosed it around 9 or 10. What was life like before you were diagnosed? I don't remember a whole lot about that. I do remember about the blindness more than I do of the autism. But I was treated differently with my blindness because I was born completely blind and I had what they call a general glaucoma a form of it 
did did life make more sense to you after you're diagnosed? Uh, somewhat. There was there's still some things I I'm having like learning and stuff. Cause life is a learning curve. You have to learn a lot about it. But uh, yes, it, it, there's some things I'm still trying to learn. How and when did you go blind in your one eye? Well, like I said, I was born completely blind. Uh, when, I, when I was born, I was completely blind. I had a form of degenerative glaucoma. And, and I have had numerous surgeries. I had total nine surgeries. The first surgery was actually when I was two weeks old. Two months old. And they had to put tear holes in my eyes. That didn't happen. Uh, do you think it's harder to being blind in one eye? Yes. It really is. Because I have to to be careful when I pop up and stuff because when I turn to the left I bite there so I don't bump into them and stuff so it is challenging with that one eye and how have the surgeries helped you? well uh, the surgeries have helped me see totally I can see completely in my right eye which a lot of people don't think I wouldn't be able to see, but I was able to see totally in my right eye. But in my left eye, before I had it replaced, I had used uh, eye drops. And they changed the eye drops a good bit to my left eye. Because when I was younger, I was using different type of eye drops. And then later on, they uh, found out that there was something that made eye drops some uh, together combined so they put uh, the two in one so I was using eye drops for my left eye for a lot of time until 2016 I had to have the eye removed because the dark tissue was pushing up the white tissue and it was affecting the eye pressure so I had to remove the eye Do you get any kind of support to help with all your needs? Yes, I do. Um, I have my family take me places. Uh, sometimes they help me understand things. But in the where I live, stuff like the Ducky or Grenada area, they do not have like the stores that sell like the walk, uh, the disability stuff like walking canes or the uh, readers or the braille stuff, they don't have people, they don't have the walking canes like that, so it, you have to either order that online or out of state or out of city, and it's, it is challenging for that. Do you have any spe special interests or hobbies? Uh, I do like to listen to music on YouTube. 
having autism? stick to like routines excuse me do you stick to like uh, daily routines um yes in the mornings and the evenings I do like like in the mornings I have to take care of the dogs and I got I have to work with them a certain way because they know I'm blind and sometimes I'm hard of hearing of that. I'm hard of hearing sometimes. But they know they I mean well. They know they try to help me out too because they know I have difficulties. Because I almost have that certain that understanding when somebody is blind or disabled and stuff. And they try to help. You know what I'm saying? So I, I yes, I do stick on routine like do some house chores and stuff. Everything. Do you ever offend anyone? Uh, offend? No. Scare? Yes. Uh, when I'm when I go to church, uh, especially when I had when I lost my eye, uh, when I lost my eye, I had to wear a special patch around my left eye, and a lot of the little kids, you know, life before the surgery and stuff, they would hug me and stuff, and some of them got scared I said it's alright I had to work on my eye and stuff and a few of the kids understood that I had to had a work done to my eye because of the situation but the younger ones are real scared and stuff but they later, they learned later on that Calvin had problems he taken care of and everything so 
Do you find it difficult to form friendships? Yeah, very much. Um, there's times I have communication issues with some people, and like I can't understand some things that they say and do, but I try to understand what's around me, what they do, and everything. Uh, it is a learning process. What's one thing you like to tell the world about your autism? That is all right. That everybody has problems. They have to learn to affect and to adapt and socialize with it. And it is all right. It can be a blessing in many ways. And nobody knows that until they go through that experience, and I've had that experience, and I consider that a blessing. It's like, it's a testimony in work, so I'm very grateful for it, even though there are some times I wish I hadn't had it, but there are times I understand and learn it, because like I said, life's the learning curve. It's filled with blessings. It's filled with roads that have uh, uh, sharp turns and bumps. So you can learn from the bumps or you can just get mad and stop and keep, just stop with everything, but I keep going. So. Do you ever feel like you live in your own world? Sometimes, sometimes. Um, that's, I think that's some of the challenges of being disabled and stuff, because a lot there's people that don't understand or don't know how to communicate with some people with different disabilities, like the blindness and the autism or being paralyzed like that. Those people who have challenges trying to communicate to understand, but it's okay if you reach out and you aren't tried make contact and stuff you tried there's other people who don't try and they don't understand they don't learn but they watch some people just sit stand back and watch and they learn then they approach the other people with the disabilities and they try to understand them so yeah there's that do you have any advice for other autistics? Don't give up. Whatever you do, even though everything is hard and everything, and it's hard to communicate, it's hard for people to understand, don't give up. Lean on your friends, lean on your family. If you if you have faith, if you go to church, lean on the church, lean on your faith, and hang in there, be strong. Don't give up. Life is full of challenges. Life is full of bumpy roads. And you can learn from the bumps, and the bumps will help you make you stronger, help you more uh, more understandable what's around you and stuff or what you have. So, um, Where can people find you online, and how can people contribute to your GoFundMe page? I'm glad you asked that. I'm 
I can be found on Twitter, uh, BigLoyd27, or you can just search Lloyd Mormon, L-L-Y-D, Mormon, M-O-R-M-A-N. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And I do have a GoFundMe page, and it's under uh, Save Our Home, and has a picture of me with my beard from Facebook. It has a uh, uh, shirt link from Facebook to the uh, GoFundMe page. I'm also on Instagram, so if anybody want to drop a line on one of those, I'd be glad to give a shout-out back. I always try to do videos and doing shout outs and stuff and give my personal opinions on things what goes on. And I also uh, try to contribute on Facebook by giving birthday wishes and stuff and check on people and talk to people and share recent news and stuff people may not uh, be aware of and everything. I even try to help people, like give words and encouragement to people, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Flipboard. I try to do all that. Anything else you'd like to add before we close? Uh, uh, yes, I'm um, I'm 40 years old. A lot of people uh, come up to me and say, how old are you? How long have you had this disability? So I've had it for all my life. I'm 40 years old right now. Uh, I've Deal with several several challenges like talking to people, uh, trying to understand people and everything. I try to share my life with them. It's like sharing my testimony how how I uh, understand people, how I got saved, how how it affects how it affects my family and stuff. So, um, like I said, it's it. It, it has a challenges. I remember uh, using the cane because I used two different canes in two different places. There's the Reach Center in Tupelo and the Ed McBride Center in Jackson. And I went to both of them. And uh, I remember going to regular school in Duck Hill and Grenada. And I had different experiences from that, being blind and autistic. Um, it was challenging in Duck Hill because a lot of kids uh, didn't know or how or appreciate some things I could do and stuff. But when I went to high school, it was a lot different. They were more open. They tried to talk to me. Uh, they asked me questions. They always included me. Uh, I remember when I was going in high school, I did. I was a coach's football assistant for Coach McMore. He was a big, tall guy, real tall, and he was real muscular. And he had to turn in the door sideways because he was so muscular. He was what they call barrel chested, and he was real big. And uh, he wanted me to be the coach's assistant. I said, Coach, I'm blind in one eye. He said, I don't care. I don't care what your problem is. I don't care what disabilities you have. I'll be glad to have you on the team. And the team actually welcomed me. They asked me, how do I handle all the stuff? And I told them and everything. 
And like I said, I did not graduate with my high school class. I had to get a GED. And I had to go through the A. McBride Center to get the GED, which um, which was a lot of help in many ways. Uh, Stacy Blackwell, who was the instructor for that area for the GED training and everything, uh, he, he's totally blind. He's a musician. He, he knows his stuff. Uh, he took his time with me. He, he knew I was blind to one eye. He was totally blind himself, and we understood the difference, what it can help, what it can do if somebody's blind who's half blind or who can totally see it and stuff. But he knew I was legally blind. He knew I couldn't get to places and stuff. He said that's one of the daily tasks. But uh, even even if I'm even I'm blind in one eye and stuff, my regular class that I was supposed to graduate with include me in a lot of their activities. Uh, just like uh, in October of this year, on October 12th, I'll be going to my second uh, high school reunion. Even though a lot of them knew I didn't graduate with them. They knew uh, I tried my best with everybody, even though I'm blind or an eye. And some of them don't even know I'm autistic or borderline autistic, and they still treat me like I'm on their own. I mean, but the training for the REACH and Edmund Bride, that's a different story. Now, if anyone in your listeners, like in the Tennessee, Alabama, Louisiana, maybe even the Mississippi area, uh, thought about doing the training like get like self help like help with their disabilities like everyday life and stuff I will tell you the two big differences in Edmund Bud and Reach uh, first of all Reach does uses the blindfold even though if you're totally blind they still require you use the blindfold so they understand that you're not like cheating or anything like that but in Eddie McBride, you don't have to wear the blindfold. And um, in the REIT Center, you do woodworking. Now, I'll tell you this, Mr. Green, the instructor for REACH, for the woodworking, he will work with you. He will help you uh, understand and be aware of what your surroundings are so you can do woodworking and stuff. And now on that, in the Reach Center, uh, you have to learn to use Braille, use Braille typewriter, um, using software to print out regular print to Braille. They also work with people with autism, so they said um, when they have different clients, they try to respect them differently because each one presents a new task, so that's very helpful both of them both centers do that the other thing is in a McBride they don't use the uh, blindfold and you're more um, what you call it accessible to some things like that when you don't have to use the blindfold you can, won't have to work you, if you're able to see and so if you somewhat see you can uh, do the cooking and stuff now, the only thing is the difference between Reach and Edmund Bright, 
uh, Reach has woodworking like you do with the saws and stuff. Amy Brad does not. Now, they both do challenging transportation uh, t- uh, sessions. Uh, you have to learn to uh, use mobility skills and like traveling stuff and everything. Even uh, with other people with disabilities, if one person needs help and they're, you're both disabled, have disabilities, you have to learn to, mute, to uh, help that other person in some way the best of your ability to help them and like they try to help you. That That's one of the big challenges. So, yes, there's those two centers. Um, like I said, it, it, there's some parks and there's some bumpy roads with uh, having autism and being blind. There are some parks and there's some challenges. So, uh, I have traveled, traveling. I love to travel, but there are times I cannot travel. Like, like I cannot drive. Uh, some, like some states have uh, restrictions on those who are legally blind and those who like can see in one eye and stuff there are restrictions and stuff but if they if certain people can find if people can find like a mo- good mobility area where they can able to get transportation help and stuff it's real helpful it's actually a real blessing for those who have disabilities um like I said, Grenada is Duck Hill is a challenging area where I live in in Mississippi because they don't have that type of disability stuff. They don't. So cities like Oxford, Jackson, uh, Tupelo, uh, Sinatobia, like those areas, they're more equipped to help those with those type of disabilities, even with autism and stuff. Because a lot of them know the the the, uh, uh, the difficulties of moving around with those type of disabilities. Uh, I recently went to Alabama and to Alabama, and they have a lot of good uh, disability work people who have disabilities. They do have disability um, accessible. Like mobility and training areas over there, it's really helpful over there. So, like I said, if they do, if people need to get information, get in contact with me about that type of stuff, I'd be glad to help them. I, I can put them in contact with some people, and I can do what I can. But like I said, even that can be a little challenging for me. So, I, like I said, I can do what I can. And I'm thankful that y'all allowed me to be on this podcast. I appreciate this. It is real helpful and a very blessing to me. Yeah, no problem. Well, thank you for being on the show. Hey, no problem. I appreciate being on the show. Have a blessed weekend. You too. Now for some announcements. Um, We'd like to give a shout out to Ed and Becca Regan for all their love and support. Um, We also are going to be starting a giveaway, so watch our social media for that, um, our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And yeah, that's it for this episode. Until next time. (laughs) 